Hey, Alexa, did you know that you can play podcasts on Alexa? Yes, I did know that. Did you know you could play the latest episode of I Used to Know on Alexa? Really? How do I do that? Oh, it's easy. You just say, Alexa, play the podcast I Used to Know from TuneIn. Getting the latest episode of I Used to Know. Here it is from TuneIn. Welcome to I Used to Know. I'm Scott. And I'm Steve. We're your hosts for this adventure into the past, where we dive into things we used to know when we were kids that are no, no longer true. Hey, Steve. Hey, Scott. So I'm going to tell you three things, and let's see if you can guess what we're talking about today, okay? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm game. All right, so here we go. Disc 110 and 35. Any guesses? Okay, disc 110... 35, I'm going to go with um, uh, vinyl records. Oh, it's close. It is a recording media we're going to talk about, but not sound. Oh, okay. This time, we're going to talk about film types. Those were all film types. Oh, yeah, film. Do you remember while we were growing up, we had film? (laughs) How quaint film was. I mean, wow, when you think back on all the trouble we used to go through just to take the picture, right? You had to go out and you buy the film. You load the film, and uh, by the way, you got to make sure you're not messing up loading it up because any light that gets in there is going to destroy everything. You take the picture, you get the film developed. Even after all that, it could still be a bad picture with a thumb in the frame or something, man. It was. <sighs> Were there really so many different types of film? Oh, yeah. I, I think I had all three types over my childhood. My first camera was this long rectangular camera. It had a flash on one side. And you would put the 110 cartridge in. Oh, yeah. That was the big one with the, the two knobs. At the knobs end. on the end. Exactly. Yeah. And you could turn on the flash, and then you had to wait like 20 seconds for the little orange flashy light <laughs> to stop flashing, which meant now you have enough power for one flash photo. <laughs> and then whatever you were going to take the picture, it was gone. Yeah. And then click. You take the pic. And then, well, then you have to push the little slider on the bottom so you advance the film. And then wait 20 more seconds. So don't do something really, you know, really fast you got to take time for that flash to warm up and then the next picture yeah uh, how, how about your first camera what was that uh for me i had the the 110 film type camera all the rage too. when we were going up. oh it was it was it was the the bare bones right that was the first one uh then i quickly moved up to the to the disc you were talking about the disc film oh it yeah so easy to load right you just easy to use you put it in and it's technologically advanced because the film itself was round right i mean nobody had ever seen anything like that before so just on a novelty we'd buy the 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 disc cameras absolutely and so that's what i think we're talking about today i used to know that pictures took time oh yeah you had to wait in order to see your pictures (laughs) wait we did oh yeah so all right so where should we start steve (sighs) that's a silly question come on scott Wayback machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not even going to suggest a starting point this time. I, I know that you're just going to come up with it. So where are we going, Scott? Uh, how about 1717 to Germany? We're going to go visit Professor Johann Heinrich Schultz. Uh, he figured out that pow- powdered silver nitrate gets darkened when exposed to light. Mm-hmm. With that discovery, he starts putting objects between the light and the silver nitrate which is was the first floated on liquid, and then later the silver nitrate was put on paper. Okay. And then the light would hit it, and it would get dark, and then the shadow would remain light. 
And so the light part was dark and the dark part was light. And that would be the negative. <laughs> Backwards. Yeah, exactly. Of course, he didn't know how to stop the process. So his work would get lost to history because <laughs> it would just keep developing into darkness. It's like it's getting darker and darker. And it's and God. It's <laughs> exactly. Um, but he published his findings in 1719. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, so basically he takes this picture, or at least, uh, okay, a negative, and it just disappears. We never even get to see what this first photo was that was taken. It's got to be somewhere. Yep. Don't know. It's gone forever. Just this dark piece of paper somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the history of photography. Yeah, too bad. But at least he did invent it. He did come up with a concept. So for the next evolution of picture taking, we have to go to 1824 with Joseph Nispes of France. That's not a real name. Nispes? I think Nispes? so. Okay. He made nice photos. <laughs> go ahead. He was trying to figure out how to transfer drawings to a printed plate. Uh, he knew of a type of asphalt that could be hardened by the sun so he waxed the paper of the drawings to make them more translucent and placed them face down on the plate, which was coated with the asphaltum. Oh, I'm impressed. Mm. When the light passed through the paper, it hardened the solution. And where the black of the drawing ink blocked the light rays, the asphaltum remained soft and could be removed by the solvent left behind, which left a negative image. And this negative could have ink applied to it uh, so new holes created the solvent, uh, which could be used for pr the printing presses. So basically he created a negative that you can like ink up and then kind of like a stencil start using as a printing press thing. Oh, man, this is getting complicated. I know. He called these pictures heliographs or sun and picture. Heliograph. Yeah, there you go. Got it. So circa 1824-ish, mm -hmm. <laughs> he placed a plate coated with this mixture inside of a camera. And with that, he took the first permanent photo that did not depend on the contact method. Bum, bum, bum. It was a barn and some rooftops. Really? That's what he took the picture of? Yeah, just he's a like, barn and some rooftops. He's got the whole world. He's in France. He's in France. <laughs> okay. He virtually could take a picture of like anything really beautiful, and he took a barn and some rooftops, and it took all day to develop it. Okay. Well, he's also the kind of guy that would have been <laughs> figuring out how to get all this to work in the first place. He the did. He was too busy method. working on asphaltum. <laughs> Go take a picture of my barn. <laughs> so then in 1839, a better process that used silver-coated plates and fumes of iodine were used to make a more detailed picture but the key was that there was still a new chemical that could be added after the process to stop it from reacting with the light so as we talked about that first picture lost to history become a big black square because it kept it kept getting darker and darker now there's a chemical that you could put in that would actually stop it All keep right. it there forever and thus the modern picture concept was started science <laughs> exactly all right, all right so i'm the physicist here right yes so, you are all right so i think i should explain a little bit about how film picture taking works right so the idea for a picture back then is to get something that's sensitive to light and then keep it in the dark and then you let a tiny bit of light through a lens and that light hits the light-sensitive stuff that's on this film, right? Silver halide crystals gives you a shade of black and white, depending upon how much light. And this causes the stuff to get dark or change color. And then you need to get this stuff and prevent it from seeing any more light until you put this chemical on top to stop it from reacting to the light. And that makes an inverse picture. Black is white, white is black. Call that a negative. And this negative can be used now get this 
to make a positive picture. Or the pictures that we know. Yeah. That's the, awesome. The good looking ones. Yeah. So exactly. This stuff, the light sensitive material that goes on, that started off as metal plates, and eventually that stuff moves to glass and essentially it turn, goes on to celluloid and plastic and that becomes our modern film. Yeah, that's like the, the, the rubbery film stuff. Yeah, that we know of today when we would load into a camera if you actually had film and you put it in a camera. Yeah, if it was actually 1982. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the basics of how film worked. And over the years, people started to improve the process and film sizes changed and exposure times changes. And we're not going to go into all those details. But I thought it would be fun to just jump straight to World War II. Of course, because it's always fun to jump to World War II. Well, we always go to World War II because so much of our, of our modern day was invented or at least truly improved back in World War II. Oh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a major historical event. It changed, changed the world. And a lot of change happened really, really fast. And so the reason why I'm jumping all the way to World War II is because it became the beginning of what would become known as 35-millimeter film. Okay. I mean, 35-millimeter was defined in 1892 by William Dixon and some other guy. You want to take a guess at the guy? This name? one's easy, right? Because it's 35-millimeter. We're talking about film. It's got to be Mr. Kodak. No? Not Kodak? Nope. Thomas Edison. Edison. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, movie guy. And, yeah. So, Thomas Edison. But, but the actual film... You were close on. The actual film was made by a George Eastman. He as was from Eastman Kodak. Kodak. I, I was yeah, right. There you I go. was right. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. So the key to this innovation was that the film frame and the little holes on the side, right? If you looked at the film, right, there was like these little tractor things that would move the film. Yeah, they'd advance it. Yeah. So that basically the film and the little holes on the side of the film followed a standard. Like up until that point, everybody was just making their own kind of film and it would just oh. work on their own kind of camera and they people put together things. We can't have that. Well, we it, have it's not interchangeable standards. parts. Exactly. You got to have something that will fit in to the normal camera. Right. So that gave us the 35 millimeter film became a standard. Um, they were spaced so that there were four holes per frame, which meant no specialized camera, no specialized film combo. You can get 35 millimeter camera and then you can get 35 millimeter film from a different person. And they would work together. It was it was amazing. It was magic. Yes. Uh, which is why I'm taking us to World War II, because the military likes standards. Oh, they love yeah, standards. They Interchangeable parts. So everything from spy flights taking photos to enemies and newsreels all used 35 millimeter film. Even the spy flights. Yep. So so now you've got all these uh all these soldiers, all these people coming home from war and they were using cameras in the war. They've seen these cameras. They want a camera of their own. Right. But putting film in and out of a camera back then wasn't that easy, right? We already talked about how you got to keep it dark when you're putting it in and everything. Yeah. Plus, if something happens to your camera, like you get a crack, oh, all your pictures get destroyed. It's over. Yep. So everything you took, all your memories that you took a picture of, they're gone. Uh, they just 
turn into a gigantic black negative like we talked about <laughs> in the very beginning. You'd <laughs> be like, hey, look, I've got the first picture ever made. <laughs> so, so they started experimenting with different easy install film cartridges. Yep, for, for us people that don't have good coordination. <laughs> exactly. Make it easy. Exactly. Or if you just want to take a picture in daylight and not have ex- <laughs> you know, flip in a new roll of film without exposing it all to the sun. <laughs> so they created these cartridges. One of the first popular ones was the 126 Instamatic. That was the name of it, film cartridge. And it was made by Shocker Kodak. Kodak. And it was for their Instamatic camera of 1963. That's a cool name, though. Instamatic. That makes me want to buy that camera. Yes. And by 1972, they created the 110 cartridge, or the 110, Mm -hmm. which we talked about as our favorite, our first camera. Yep. Yep. And the nice part about the 110, it was thin. So in that one, it was thin, so you could have it in small cameras. And because everything had to be futuristic in the 80s, in 1982, that's when they came up with the disc camera. It was was futuristic. Well, you had CD players coming out in the 80s, which were a spinning disc. So why not make a spinning disc of film? Everything is disc. (laughs) It made total sense. Yeah. And so kind of like the Wheel of Fortune disc, it was was like there was a a circular disc and it was covered in this cartridge, right, plastic. And there was a little hole on the top that the lens would point to. And so every time you advance the film, it would just rotate that little bit, like the Wheel of Fortune going from like 100 to 200 to bankrupt. It's like, it's like the uh, the viewfinder. You remember those things? Yeah. Right? You put the little you know cardboard yep. circle in, and then you'd be able to look at pictures of you know giraffes and that lions. That would be a good podcast. Oh, yeah. I used to know the viewfinder. Yeah. yeah. And the whole stereoscope thing. That'd be cool. Oh. Yeah, yeah, three D viewfinders. Yeah, yeah but so that's, that's a different show. It was just <laughs> like the the disc film. That's right. All right, so this is great and everything, but uh, our podcast is called "I Used to Know Pictures Took Time." Yeah, so how does all this discussion about the film help? Oh, easy, because everything we've talked about, you take a picture, whether it's in a cartridge system or which is easy to manage and everything. The one thing you didn't know, though was what the picture looked like, right? You took these pictures, you could take tons of them, you were on vacation, but you had no idea if they looked even slightly good. You'd have no instant feedback on what your picture looked like? Nothing. You might have to wait weeks. What if I want to delete my picture? There, there is no delete. <laughs> you just have to wait until somebody yeah, the, shows you the picture. Do you remember that? The worst feeling was like, you know, you would drop your pic, your camera down. You weren't really taking a picture. And then you heard that click. Oh. And you were like, oh. What did I just take I a picture? I took a picture of something, you know. And then <laughs> weeks later, you would get your photos back and it would be like your shoelace. Yeah. Yeah. One of the 12 pictures that you're going to get is yeah. going to be garbage. And you were like, and you had to not only waste the money on the film frame, but you wasted the money on the development of the stupid film frame that you didn't want. <laughs> That's right. I, what you're talking about, these, the film needs to be developed. And, and I remember now when. Well, we take a picture back then. There's a little viewfinder. You'd look through this viewfinder, and that would help you aim the camera. And so you, you take this picture, get saved to the film, and then uh, you got no idea, right, what it looks like. Um, you'd go to the supermarket, take that film out of your uh, camera. It's all done. Slip it into this envelope and put your name on it, your address, and send it away gets developed into pictures at some picture development warehouse somewhere. I don't know. And like 
one or two weeks later, you go back to the supermarket and your picture is there behind the desk and you can get your picture and your negatives right there. I bet you you got them developed at Two Guys in Harrison. Two Guys. <laughs> Either that or the economy store. Exactly. So most of my life as a kid, uh, you know, that's how I thought of pictures, right? And in fact, more importantly, that's what I thought that the entire job of a supermarket courtesy counter was. <laughs> was just to get my photos because that's where you would fill out the envelope. That's where you would get them back. That's the picture place. Exactly. Let's go to the courtesy counter. Yeah. So you would go there and be like, you know, and then you'd ask them, can you know, look up to see if my photos are there? And they'd open up that drawer and then have to filter through, what's your last name? And then they'd go through the little thing. Excuse me, mister. And then they would, they would find it. And then it was like Christmas. <laughs> you you would get the package, you know, and then you would, you would open up that. Remember the gummy? Yes. It was like a gummy seal on the top. And you just kind of like and stretch, you, like, stretch and stretch and gummy seal it, flap, and then you pull it out, and there was a paper folder in there. And then you would lift the lid of the paper folder, and in the front of it was like a little pocket with the negatives. All the anticipation of what you're gonna find. I know. And then you would you would take out the photos, and then you had to hold them on the edges, right? Because you didn't want to get. Any, <laughs> you're gonna smudge them. You're gonna smudge them. You got oils on your finger. I mean, exactly. Like, and you're gonna to show other people these pill photos and you yeah. don't want them to see what smudges. No, come so on. So you're carefully opening them up and then you're you're going through the pile of photos. Again, uh, it's your first time you've ever seen these photos. So you're taking your time going through them. You know, my brother would be like, let me see. I'm like, no, <laughs> I haven't looked at my photos <laughs> yet. Fine. I mean, it was just, it was a magical time. It was like opening up that Christmas present. That is right. But, uh, you know, for me though, filled with disappointment. Because I was the worst photographer, <laughs> right? I liked taking pictures, but I was no good at it. I'd, I'd get my pictures back in that envelope, and like half the time, I wouldn't even know what I was looking at when I saw these pictures. It was like hey, a waste of all my time and my money and the effort. But you know, even though I had 12 pictures of my thumb and my shoelace and my knee, I'd always go back and do it all again take more pictures and that's that christmas moment you just can't get past that christmas moment <laughs> yes of opening it up you know but i will say the worst was when you when you looked at the pictures and they were all like too dark or too blurry because something moved <laughs> that's right i mean you wouldn't know this until nope. weeks later right nope. so it was like that that's all over and so if you wanted to uh, help with that you had to go and buy different film speeds so that you could have something for low light and have something for for daytime or have something that would take the picture fast with a shutter speed that's quick and you started getting really complicated you had to swap around all your film yeah and and that was the key right because the whole roll of film would be a specific speed right so you had speeds like the 200 the 400 the 800 speed films do you remember that 800, oh, yeah. 1600, they were like... It was like, how high does it go? Yeah, I've I remember... got 36,000 speed film. <laughs> I, just, I remember the the 1600s as like the highest I can ever remember. Yeah. And, and um, but normally, like 200, 400 was the big ones. Yeah. And they used to say that the lowest numbers were done by like uh, the National Geographic guys. Like they used like 12. <laughs> you know, because it was just so superb of a picture or something. So... Yeah. So the higher the number, the less light you needed in order to get the picture. So the shutter, which is the little flap that opens and closes that lets light in to mm -hmm. the picture, so that that can go faster. So you can say to your camera, you would tell it, oh, I have 400 film or I have 800 film, and that would adjust the flap time or the shutter time 
So that way, when you had fast action, the shutter would hit faster. So the light, you know, would get in there quicker and react with the chemicals faster. And that's how you got the, the pictures in motion or in low light. The, the, the film would also react better in low light situations. So, so yeah, you had the different speeds. I never paid attention to these speeds. Maybe that's why my pictures were all bad. <laughs> well, like, just remember, get the cheapest film. <laughs> well, remember, the other thing you would do to get a better picture is you could increase your chances on a non-blurry photo just by using a flashbulb. Oh, that's right. And they had to be disposable, right? These are these disposable flash cubes. They that's were square. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The early flashes were just chemicals. If you remember, if you've ever seen them in the old tiny movies, right, they'd hold that little thing over their head, a little platform, and it would light and puff. Oh, Smoke would come out. And, and everybody would yeah, be the, just like It was shocked. flash powder. So that was like this thing of a flash from, from igniting the powder. Yep. But but then they started creating these things called flash bulbs. And the ones I remember were the ones, the cube you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is like one inch by one inch by one inch. Yeah, they were tiny. Right? And, and so the bottom had a little plug, and you would plug it into the top of your camera. And then each side of that cube had a one-time use light bulb it was gone once yeah. you did it it was exploded yeah it did so you would you would charge up your camera again watching that little orange light or something blink 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 yeah exactly and then and so basically it was filling up a capacitor with power and then when you pulled the when you actually hit the shutter and they took the picture the electricity would all surge into that light bulb you get a giant flash and the light bulb would self-destruct it's done yep and then you would advance the film, you know, you'd push the little slider so you can go to the next uh, slide to take a picture, the yep. next frame. And when you did that, the little box would twist. That's right, because you got another side of the cube. Yeah, you had four shots before you had to change the bulb. And they would usually sell the bulbs, flash bulbs, I remember, in like three packs. That's right. They use them, they're done, they're garbage. And, and that's how it worked until, you know, in our 110 film cameras, I think we talked about in the beginning, our first ones, we actually had a strobe light. Right, and that was the flash, was this strobe light that would flash one. Again, the little orange light would blink, blink, blink until it was solid, and that meant you had enough juice to fire the, fl- the strobe once, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you would hit the picture, and flash would go off. And, and again, ours was the 110 film, yeah. and the flash was on the, on the right side if you were staring at the camera. So now you're, you're using the strobe light, so you're saving money on the flash cube, but not really, because it's all battery powered, and that thing is just sucking that battery juice out of there. Yeah, remember if your batteries got low, it took you so much longer to get that orange light to go solid. <laughs> so you're just like, wait a minute, don't Another move, don't move. Two pull minutes. that pose, yeah. pull that, think it, no, no, batteries low. And then every now and then you would be impatient and you'd press it before it completely went solid and the flash wouldn't go off, and you'd be like, oh, I just lost a whole photo. <laughs> um, so that camera, that narrow camera with the strobe light, if you remember, yeah. that's what I took to our eighth grade Washington D.C. trip. Ah, that's right, man. All we, all of us are taking so many pictures, right, of all the, yeah, the, the monuments and the buildings and just and all it, of us doing stupid stuff. In the, oh, and of course, the most famous picture of all. Yeah. The one you have to do every time you go to Washington, D.C. I've even done it to my kid. You get the picture, yeah. and I have it still of you, where I took your picture, and coming out of your head is the Washington Monument. Oh, that's, you got to have the one where it comes out of your head. The Conehead <laughs> Washington Monument pick. That's classic. Everyone's got to have it. Yes. Yeah, so That's up there with a pushing on the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I was wondering why you're like, stand right there. Exactly. Don't move. With your painter's cap from the 80s. Oh, man. That was <laughs> so awkward back then 
Okay, so uh, yeah, you do all this stuff. Do you get the picture of me with the uh, Washington Monument Mount Monument coming out of my head? You have still no idea how this picture is going to look until you get it developed, Aaron. Right? That's going to take at least two weeks. Yeah, that is until the invention of the two-hour photo machines. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, things are getting faster. Exactly. So I remember when I was a Price Club member, which is now known as Costco Warehouse Club. Ooh, you're a member. Yes. My my mom was a nurse, so she was allowed to join. At the time, they only took people who were in like either unions or, or organized uh, groups. Yeah, it was very exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, but that two hour photo machine changed everything. Oh, yeah. It's like all of a sudden the world was anew. You could take a picture in the morning and then by the afternoon, you'd know if it worked. And if it didn't, you can go back and take the same picture on the same day. It's like everybody gather around the birthday cake and pretend it still has pieces. <laughs> Relight those candles because we're going to take another picture. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, these machines, they were huge. No, they're monsters. Um, they like wrapped around like the walls and stuff. And it was, it was a, I guess, almost like a, a Henry Ford dream. It was like almost, it was the perfect kind of assembly line where you would put the film in one place and it was like a dark room and it was everything. And it just chug along. And it would get its way through. It also took a lot of very caustic chemicals to run. <laughs> Do not want to work around that all day long. No, 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 no. Um, I'll get my pictures, please, but don't let me stand there. <laughs> and I remember looking every now and then, you'd see like vats of like chemicals that had like, you know, all those warning labels on it. <laughs> the only thing missing was biohazard. It's <laughs> like the, the, the name of the chemical is something you can't even come close to pronouncing, but hey, gave us good pictures. It's certainly not asphaltium. You're going to be using that all week, I aren't love you? that one. Asphaltium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, the cool part was, like I said, you know, it would automate its way and then you would have your pictures in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for us to go from two weeks to two hours, we just felt like we were living in the future, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, look at where we came from. And eventually it didn't really cost you more. I mean, in the beginning, two hour photo was like, oh my God, it was it was like $15 to get your roll of film, but it was only like $6 to get it done by the mail or by the oh yeah, by the grocery store. Or they did the Then eventually mark. it just kind of caught up, especially these price clubs and stuff. They just started to equalize the price for you getting them in two hours. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? They, they've got all the stuff. that Once you make the investment in the machine in the first place and you got all the chemicals lying around there anyway, you got to use them. You're just not going to dump them into the river, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you just keep lowering the price the more you get more volume you still make a profit so and you know what was funny for me my whole so growing up the way we would take photos right we would take photos you'd go to the supermarket you get it developed we talked about that but then when the two hour photo or the eventually the one hour photo one out, hour exactly crazy well we ended up taking photos and we would have like this like goldfish bowl like mm-hmm. on the refrigerator and every time we took a roll of film we would just like toss it in and this thing would just become filled with like different rolls of film <laughs> and it was, and then, and then it was like random day. One of us would be like, "We're going to the club." Oh my god, these photos have been sitting here for maybe a month and two months, and we've never developed them. But right now, I need them in one hour. <laughs> they were fine up there for months, but now I want them in one hour. And you would, you would put your hand in there and like grab three randomly, and you then don't even know what they are. No, and we would go to the to the place they develop them, and we'd be like, 
Wow, that was like two birthdays ago. <laughs> you know what? I, on my dresser at home, I have a, uh, a film canister from one of those like 35 millimeter yep, films. Yep, yep. And it's just been sitting there ever since like probably 87, 80, 1989 maybe. And it's just lying around. And I've been carrying it around. I haven't been able to throw it away because there might be something fun on there. But we actually have two disposable cameras that we've got still with film. Yeah. And we're like, how do we even develop them anymore? I mean, it's it like, how would you go? You have to go to like some kind of specialty shop. You have to get on the internet and yeah. go, go to somebody who does like artisanal uh, developing. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and this whole film thing would be the way it worked until about 1997. And for me, anyway, that's when everything began to seriously change from mm-hmm. film cameras was 1997. And for me, I was really lucky. I was working for Sharp Electronics in 1997. And and I was a computer geek and I was... Oh, I, yeah. And I had this huge project and I, I did this project and it needed to be done in one week. And I worked day and night trying to get this project done and I got it done on time. And my boss was like look, you, you need to take a three-day weekend, go have fun. So I called to my wife and I'm like, let's go away for, go to Vermont for the weekend. And as I was getting ready to go, the guy I worked with over there comes up to me and he goes, Scott, hey, psst, hey psst, come over here. I got something for you. Oh, and I'm secret. like, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, what? And he's like, take a look at this. I just got this from Japan. It's a prototype. It's not even FCC approved yet. Man. And it's a camera that needs no film. Get it's called a digital camera. You had one of the first ones? Well, I mean, they've been around for a while. But but for me, the thing that made this one special was this particular prototype had this weird new invention, which was the screen. You would take a picture, you would aim the lens that way you want to take a picture like any camera, and you'd have a television screen to see what you were taking a picture of. So you got to see what you were going to take a picture of. That's like science fiction, man. I know. But this camera also let you twist the actual screen so that you could be in front of the lens and see yourself at the same time. At the same time when you took a picture. So there I was in Stowe, Vermont with my wife. We're in this like covered bridge that's like a a pedestrian covered bridge in Stowe. And if you've been to Stowe, that bridge is still there. And we were standing in there and I held that camera up over my head at both of us and I put the screen towards us and I took that picture and there was like the everyone around us they were just a gasp they were just like what is this witchcraft yeah you're you're holding (laughs) some kind of alien technology in your hand exactly and and they would approach me I mean I'm not kidding I would take these pictures around in Vermont and people would approach me and be like what is that thing (laughs) and I'd be like it's a camera but it doesn't film. People would be like, whoa, <laughs> mind's blown. Exactly. And so, but again, because that camera screen turned and you could see the picture you took, the pictures that I had of my wife and I, I took myself with this prototype camera in 1997, making us one of the first selfies That's probably right. on the planet Earth. First selfie with you and your wife in Vermont. That's history. Yeah. History well, I, I in the I suspect making. that I was the first, you know, kind of like Clue. I was the first to take a selfie in the covered bridge <laughs> so, <laughs> with, with, with the rope. Certainly not. <laughs> uh, that's right. Digital cameras now started hitting the mainstream uh, around the mid-1990s. Okay. 
So, I mean, there are these digital picture things around in the 70s, but the real first digital camera was created in 1975 by Eastman Kodak. Hey, that Kodak guy. Yeah, that the Kodak is everywhere. <laughs> There's this engineer. His name was uh, Stephen Sasson. Stephen Sasson. We'll go with that. <laughs> it had all of... 0.1 megapixel. <laughs> so it was like three pixels? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the resolution on this was amazing. It looked like a, like an old 8-bit video. It's like if you took a, a little game. if you took a little jar of jelly beans and dumped them on the table and made them into a square. That was like the pixelation <laughs> of it. So you laugh. It was 0.1 megapixel and it took 23 seconds. <laughs> to record all the data into this little camera. Was it a giant hard drive that had to be connected? <laughs> Things are whirring. Everything's heating up. It's crazy. Later on, by the time we get to 1988, there's this new JPEG standard that's oh, going to yeah. be established. Which is still around. Yep. And, and in 1990, the first commercially sold camera comes in, hits the market. It's got the JPEG standard. And it's the Logitech Photoman. Wow, Logitech. Yeah. They're still around, too. Because they, they, they have all the money left over from the <laughs> from Photoman. The Photo <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I want to point out, even the one that I was playing with, that prototype and everything, you know, there are just so many problems back in the early 90s with digital cameras. I mean, first of all, power, right? Mm. Oh, you geez. would chomp through the batteries like they were peanuts. Oh, you, thought the, you thought the flash was a problem with batteries? Try the digital camera. I remember that prototype, just that weekend, I must have gone through, and I, I kid you not, I think I went through like 12 double A's. <laughs> Silly. Yeah. <laughs> I took four pictures, change it out. <laughs> it was crazy. And and the sensors that convert the photos to the digital pixels, oh. the CCD unit, yep, yep. they couldn't capture detailed photos. And, and then we didn't even talk about storage, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah. the more pixels in a picture, the bigger the picture file is. And remember, we're talking the days of floppy disks. <laughs> Big right? old floppy disks. Right. So floppy disks were large and they had very little storage back then. Mm -hmm. And all of this tech was still very expensive. It's all new. It's all, it's all space age stuff. Especially when you compare it to film. Like film, on the other hand, was still very cheap. You can you can get incredible photos, and you can get them photos. You know, you can get them now as fast as one hour. Yeah, and they were really good photos. That's true, but it's old technology. You've got you've got digital, right? And it wouldn't be until 2003 when, for the first time, digital cameras would start outselling the film cameras. Yeah, and and now digital cameras are king. Yep, until. Until. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but there was just one more thing, right? You, you know what I'm talking about here? <laughs> I do know about one more thing. Yeah, yeah. What was the just one more thing? And that would be Mr. Steve Jobs. And he introduces the first iPhone on June 29th, 2007. And it's a phone and a music player. That was its big, you know, kind of claim to fame. But it also had a two megapixel camera. Right there on the phone. On the phone. And honestly, that changed everything. Oh my gosh. So now if you're not a professional photographer, you, you, I mean, basically you have your camera wherever you have your phone and it ends up being that you're taking your phone everywhere. So basically the world starts relying on their phone as their primary camera. Oh yeah. Digital yeah. camera. That, that, that's what I do now. I, all my pictures are through my phone. And they take amazing pictures now. 
you can't beat it. And they're so easy to just recall a new picture, show it to somebody, you're flipping through. The, the, the one thing, though, that I don't like, you hand your phone to somebody, you're like, hey, look at this picture that I just took. They took a look at the picture, and then what's the first thing that they do? They start swiping. They're swiping. And they're going back into my pictures. I'm like, dude, I was only going to show you that one picture. I'm not going <laughs> to see all the 20 other pictures that I took today. So My favorite can- is the people that want to edit it. Because now the, the phones are so sophisticated, they can edit the photos. I mean, we're talking about when we first started, we would take a picture and not have a clue of what it looked like for two weeks. I was pretty sure mine had my thumb in it. <laughs> and then now we're taking pictures. And if we not only do we take like 60 pictures in a blink of an eye, and then the camera automatically picks the right one. Yep. Right. But on top of it, we can just go in and use editing software to just modify the heck out of it. I can put little bunny ears on my head. Yeah. You could do, well, yeah, Instagram. You can do right? sepia. Which we're on Instagram. Everybody loves sepia. <laughs> yeah, sepia. So, yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. So, I mean, I think that's really the end of the journey of, of film. Not saying that film is gone forever. There are still places where film is just awesome. For art. Yeah. My, my daughter took a class on uh, using film. She learned how to develop it in a dark room and, and uh, just last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's black and white, you know, it's still, it's an important thing to understand and still kind of feel, yeah. you know, but you can also take the same technology and adapt it to holography. So not just a 2d picture, but now all of a sudden using lasers and film and glass, you can create holograms, uh, for specific purposes. It's worth the effort. Yeah, I, I do. The thing I miss, I will say, in in the way it was, was that Christmas moment, that moment where you would go fetch your photos oh, and, and see you, what you had. So you took your picture. You didn't know. Now, I mean, I'm the technological geek, right? I was team GPS. I'm like super technology guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I and I love technology. But I will tell you that I still I think in this case, this is one of the few times I'm still a little nostalgic to the fact that I don't go and get my pictures in a little uh, package and, and see them for the first time. You know, in the time that you said that sentence, you took like three pictures. I just you? took three pictures of, <laughs> of you. me talking. You want to see them? Uh, <laughs> thanks, Steve. There you yeah, go. We don't have to wait anymore, do we? No, we don't. That's amazing. That's amazing. That was my Christmas moment. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, so Steve, yeah, you got anything else to talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I do. You know, there's the one camera that did let you see your picture right after you took it back in the day before the phones, of course. And we haven't even talked about it yet. You know which camera I'm talking about? This instant camera? Oh, instant camera? Yeah, instant camera. It's like, boom, you got your picture. Uh, I do. Yeah. Outcast sang about it. I think you do. Uh-huh. Outcast. He sang about it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. It's the Polaroid. Yeah. yeah. And this was a camera that had this special film, right? It would develop itself inside its own like little film pouch. It was called this instant camera. And it took about two minutes after you took your picture. You'd see your film on your film. The picture that you just took starts to fade into view. And it's very kind of cool and dramatic right there in front of your very own eyes. And this invention of the first commercial instant camera came from Edwin Land in 1948. 48? 48. That's way a back long time that, that it's been around. I don't remember him from 48. <laughs> I remember him from like 75 to 85. 
Um, and then they came back again, right? But uh, uh, they were amazing. The film, though, was it was big film. It's expensive. It didn't have the same kind of resolution. So it was kind of like a novelty kind of a thing or a fun thing to do. But most people still decided to wait for their picture versus to go buy a Polaroid. Yeah. Do you, do you remember? I actually got your daughter a Polaroid camera, but it was one that made tiny little stickers. Because she was like six years old, and stickers were like currency for six-year-olds. Do, do I remember? I still have these stickers up in my kitchen. They're all <laughs> over my counters. They're all over the, the cabinets. And she's she's a grown adult now. <laughs> so these are old stickers. So I got that, only one thing to say. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> At least it didn't make all the noise like the other gifts you bought my kids <laughs> thanks for the drums by the way scott no problem oh man how about you you got anything I, I do i have one thing okay so now have you ever noticed like in the middle of a parking lot of like a supermarket or a box store there may be an old abandoned tiny little house in the middle of the parking lot yes yeah, like little... like a, it's it's smaller than a shed even it's like basically a it, it can fit maybe a cash register and one person sitting in a chair i'm sorry it must be like like that that's like the house for the person who gets all the grocery store carts it's it's like an outhouse times two in size yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sitting there in the middle of the, in the middle lot. of the parking lot and, for and, no reason and and it and it's vacant often now sometimes you may just see the cement poles that used to be around it and the building's gone mm -hmm. and i've actually seen a lot of them turned into like these cell phone repair shops yeah or atms sometimes they're just yeah, they'll turn them like into ATMs. atms you're right yeah yeah so do you know what they used to be uh yeah i do but i'm gonna let you oh uh, the say photo mats the photo mats they yes. were the place they were, they were little little houses little stores where you can drive your car up to hand in your film to get developed mm -hmm. and then later that day or the next day you could drive your car up there again and they would hand you the developed photo so you could drop your film off in the morning yep by the magic of the mat of the photo mat it would be back the next day or the back by the time you went home from work that's right it'd be, It'd there. be sitting there waiting for you and and these little houses were known well known they used to be like they have a yellow roof right Remember yep. they had a bright yellow roof and uh, that's was so now if you're walking around or you're driving around anywhere and you see these little abandoned houses in the middle of your parking lot, you'll now know yeah. that they used to be places you would get your photo film developed. And the person that worked inside that photo mat, sure, they were working the register. Sure, they were taking your order. They're filling out the paperwork. But you know that they were just going through all your pictures oh, when they came in. That was, uh, yeah. yeah. I'd pull up and I'd uh, get my pictures back and they'd look at me like, mm, <laughs> you had a crazy weekend. So, yeah, you'd go up there and say, can I have my film? Uh, you know, give them your name. And they'd be like, yeah. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday. And you're like, <laughs> how did you know it was my birthday? <laughs> yeah. I think I know how you got it. So uh, Nosy people. <sighs> so... You got anything else? Uh, no, no. I guess that's pretty much how uh, I used to know that pictures took time. Yeah, right? me too. So, well, uh, we hope you like this podcast of I Used to Know. Uh, hey, did you know we're on iTunes? I suspect by now you know we're on iTunes and iHeartRadio and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and Spotify. And boy, oh boy, I can just go on and on with the list because we are everywhere you could possibly get your podcast. Everywhere. Place. Oh, yeah. Well, if you did know, how about going to your favorite pod player and giving us a rating? Ratings help people find us. Also, do you have a suggestion? 
Something you used to know that you want us to research or talk about? Well, hey, come visit us on Facebook at I Used to Know on Facebook or Twitter at I Used to Know Pod. And the two there is the number two. Mm -hmm. And tell us about it. You know, we'd love to hear from you. We love to hear from everybody who's listening to us. And we love getting suggestions. Please write in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, as always, to the amazing Stevie Jump for our theme song. And thanks for listening. Threes and eights, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.